Hello and welcome to the first episode of Arkham's Kids. My name is Tim Slay and I'm based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, my love affair for games have been quite extensive early on. So, how did I get into Arkham Horror in general? Well, that's going to lead into Games Workshop. It started my whole first gaming foray, uh, which happened to be Talisman. Now, Talisman has seen quite some uh, design changes, and I started right when 3rd edition came out, um, where GW had tons of uh, expansions with the corners and the dragon area, and then me and my one particular buddy played it non-stop, ever so faithfully, that the game decomposed and disintegrated, and we had to go find other copies, and there was a long pause between 3rd edition and 4th edition. So when 4th edition came out by Fantasy Flight Games, man, that was just, like, Amazing. So new content, new stuff was going on, but I kind of grew a little bit out of that. Uh, my old buddy kept on playing that game, but I knew there was other things going on. So how did I get exposed to H.P. Lovecraft? Well, there was two games in particular. I was working at a game shop called then The Soldiery in Cleveland, which was based out of Columbus, and Cleveland shareholders decided to open up a gaming shop in Cleveland. So after we did that... Um, uh, I helped out really roughly on very, very early, uh, just doing general stock work, you know, just being an absolute total nerd. Uh, but uh, I never knew what H.P. Lovecraft was. You know, I did the D&D front stuff like that, you know, 18, 19 years old, uh, but never really knew any of that stuff. But there was two games in particular that brought my attention to H.P. Lovecraft, and they were very, very cheesy games. One was called uh, Culture Across America, which was very, very cheaply made, just cardboard chits, uh, just you're taking your cultists from one area of the U.S. to the other side, and hopefully your cultists stay intact. Um, yeah, I knew what cultists were, and I was thinking like the Waco days and stuff like that, just really crazy stuff, but uh, nothing that, that hit home the H.G. Lovecraft. But there was another little cheesy game that came out called Hills Rise Wild. Uh, where it had the whole exposure with uh, the Wheatleys, uh, which brought in the whole Dunwich uh, horror um, storyline. And that, too, was also very cheesy, also very cheaply made, because this is before uh, the golden age of Renaissance with board games and card games in general. So uh, played that with a lot of my buddies there, and we absolutely loved it. And yeah, it was a very, very beer and pretzel game. It was very, very cheesy, uh, but I seemed to enjoy it. But then I started then saying, hey, uh, I didn't realize it was a story, and a couple of my buddies said, yeah, this is all about H.P. Lovecraft, you'll probably want to dig a little bit deeper in it. So, and I did, and I didn't realize it, then I realized that it was Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, uh, uh, card games were eventually able to come out, either through Fantasy Flight or the Mythos from Atlas Games, uh, so I really started getting into it, but, uh, but really, uh, what my particular love and drive is, is with Arkham Horror, the card game in general. So, how did I become Arkham's Kids? Well, initially, uh, with my boys, I have two of them, uh, TJ and Caden. They're about, right now, 12 and 9. Uh, they like playing board games, and it was a good age for them to do that, too. But they wanted to do something with YouTube, and obviously, everyone, everyone and everywhere is doing stuff with YouTube. But uh, they wanted to put their hands on it. Well, I wanted to make sure I was going to watch them and make sure that everything was going to go and fall in line uh, to make sure it was safe 
platform. So we started doing reviews under a kid aspect. So we would review a game, and it could be something something very cheesy as you, in your traditional Connect Four Guess Who style games. But it was to see what they think it is, and some of them were were they the some of the answers that they got reviews like yeah this is pretty boring it didn't catch my interest so on and so forth. But we had a few videos out there. I think we had about like fifty videos that that was out and on YouTube land. Uh, and, uh, eventually, like with all kids, like playing Fortnite and everything else, it fell off. So they're not really doing it anymore. But I kept on going with Arkham's Kids anyways by doing post reviews, you know, Facebook, you know, ad shots. And I do a lot of solo play, but I do game uh, with my friends from time to time if work and, and family life allows me to. But that's where Arkham Horror Card Game really shines in for me, where it's a solo uh, affair for the most part i mean don't get me wrong it, it, it's it's a lot of fun you know when you have three to four players especially when you when they go in blind and they build their own decks and they don't know what the particular campaign is going to go on with but uh to me i keep coming back to this game time and time and time again just building different ideas different decks even net decking you know in arkham db uh and other channels just to see what's going on and then i'm always looking at the fantasy flight you know uh a website to see if there's anything other than Star Wars or Legend of the Five Rings. Don't get me wrong, guys. I like that stuff. But man, they have a real serious love affair with Star Wars. It's driving me bonkers. But um, yeah, with uh, with Arkham Horror, it really, really stuck. And it just, for some odd reason, it, it, it just hits home with me. I mean, um, it's got that RPG element. It's very, very light. Uh, it's a gradual build, so I don't have to like sit there and you know bust out an abacus and then have a real brain buster like building a Magic the Gathering deck where there's thousands and thousands of cards, but uh, then you're limited to like 60, 65 cards. But where Arkham Horror comes in, you may have, what, 30, 35, 40 cards at max. And then as you progress through the game in the campaign levels, I mean, it's very, very small, minute increments by leveling up your cards and then switching stuff out. So like maybe a card here, maybe a card there. And that's probably the biggest key point right there. It's very, very gradual. And I think it's it's a lot easier for, for people to get into too because you don't have like one of those crazy commander decks from Magic. You have just a 30-card deck. Uh, it's... Uh, I mean, it's very easy to teach with my friends after they get through the first round, uh, and, and they really like it. So, I mean, I've actually had a couple, you know, uh, you know, miniature gamers that will never, ever, 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 ever touch a card game. Uh, but uh, he came into this, you know, after sitting on a couple playthroughs, and he didn't really engage on it, but then he started realizing, it's like, hey, I want to play the guy that just, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. So now he plays Roland Banks time and time again. Don't get me wrong. He loves the guy. He loves it a lot, but uh, he he can't he can't switch investigators. It's rolling or nothing, baby. That's all. That's all he cares for. So, uh, but it, it's good because I would have never gotten that. So after he started playing a couple of rounds with that, and a couple of everybody's like, "How in the heck did you get him to play a card game?" And it just I think one is the story. I mean, the story itself is pretty pretty awesome. The way uh, Fantasy Flight has written them. So and, and honestly, with the new s- stuff that just came out. Uh, um, that was spoiled uh, with Dreamlands. Yes, Dreamlands is a new deluxe box set that's going to be out in quarter three. So uh, that's another one that's been exploited. I thought they were going to do the Insmith, so I, I didn't. I guess they're not doing Insmith, but uh, Dreamlands is too. But man, Dreamlands is crazy. And just by reading the the posts and the blogs 
Um, it looks like it's not like you can play it a full-fledged campaign where you, eventually when you get all the cards, but it looks like it's split into two mini campaigns. So I'm going to probably go and, and dig that a little bit deeper and read through the article. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting how they do it. And um, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty excited about the game still. I mean, two plus years, you know, I was on it since day one. So I'm really hoping that uh, this will continue going. And, you know, considering it's still sitting in the BBG, you know, top 10, 20 uh, for still for some quite some time. So I don't think it's going to go anywhere as long as uh, people are eating it up and buying it up. Uh, Yeah, I'm really excited for the game. So my plans is not necessarily I mean, it's going to be with Arkham Horror the card game for the most part, for at least for this audio podcast. I'll do some solo playthroughs. I'll read through the, the news and the notes the ffg has put out or spoiled out uh i do follow the other guys um there's about two or three other podcasts that does exclusively relate to arkham horror uh and that was uh drawn in flames and mythos busters and there is one other one that escapes me uh, i'll have to dig that up but uh, uh but i i do listen to them too but i will branch off you know arkham horror because I'll, I'll i'll you know arkham horror came back there's a lot of roots that came back with uh you know lord of the rings the card game uh that is good too and i got about three or four cycles into that and uh uh, i i just like to see you know i go back that time and time again uh but i i do play a lot of other nerdy stuff too uh legendary uh marvel series uh arkham horror actually anything with arkham horror so i'm I'm a big fan with elder sign you know the the cthulhu yahtzee chucker uh arkham horror third edition uh mansions of madness which is just phenomenally awesome um you know, especially if you just have like a one-off, you know, day with a couple buddies just uh, to play it. Uh, the app is slick, well-driven. Uh, I do continue, do continue to buy expansions up for that as well. So, but uh, I, I will uh, change the games up from time to time just to make sure uh, it doesn't go old or stale on me. But uh, but I still keep coming back to the, the LCG. So, um, yeah, just... Uh, let me know what you guys think. And then uh, I'm going to start with my first solo playthrough. And it's going to be with Rex Murphy. And uh, build a deck. Didn't even that deck it. I just try to put some thematic cards in there. And I'm also following the list that goes through uh, the mutated and limited cards. So, uh, yeah, he won't have a machete or anything fun like that. But uh, I'll try to think a little bit outside of the box. Uh, and put a little more thematic theme into it. Uh, with Rex, but uh, we'll go through Dunwich, and honestly, alright, so here's the thing with uh, with the level of difficulty, I don't know how people can play it on standard, because when I play it here, you know, I play it on easy first, and I think I had about maybe 25 to 30 campaigns in with Arkham Horror, and I've had one partial success, and that is with the uh, Knight of the Zealot, which is really just uh, an absolute cheese fest, where you just dynamite the, the bad guy, you know, come to resolution. But my first true win was with uh, Ash Campete on easy with Dunwich. And, uh, yeah, uh, that was a, a slog. And I, I'm thinking there in the back of my mind, it's like, I don't know how you guys can actually throw in negative three, negative four, negative five tokens in the bag and continuously, you know, pass through it. Also with my solo playthroughs, if the character dies or goes insane, that's it. I retire the campaign, move on. Uh, Sometimes I get bad beats. I mean, honestly, I've had a couple of campaigns where I had some really, really early exits. 
um, looking at Calvin. Calvin was a very early exit because I, I just cannot generate any synergy or any card flow with uh, Calvin. So well, I'll, I'll keep going back to him because there's got to be a way to play him solo. But uh, but yeah, I think after 30 playthroughs, I've only got maybe about two quality wins. I mean, and, and that I think that's the other thing too because this game is hard as hell. I mean, just... Um, the chaos bag is so, so, you know, um, unforgiving when you're pulling out the, the tentacles or the fives or the tablets or the elder things constantly. And you think you had enough there and you just got a couple bad beats and that's it. And on top of that too, not only you have the chaos bag to worry about, you also have the weaknesses to worry about too. I just did one for Forgotten Age where I was like cruising in a couple scenarios Pulled out my uh, signature weakness. That was it. Game over. And it just snowballed me. It just... That was it. It was done. So, uh, I think just because of the, the level of challenge this game gets me to... I mean, it's it's awesome. When I get to the end and, and I actually beat it, it, there's just no better feeling than, than, you know, actually rocking it out and then going through the campaign with a successful ending. But usually with this one here, I mean, yeah, you're not going to get a lot of successful. But it's all about the storyline. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, with uh, the campaign, I love the storytelling with it. And it's got a little bit of like a choose-your-own-adventure aspect when you're reading in between uh, scenarios. Um, or you'll have to make critical decisions. And I see where this game is going. I mean, it was very, very evident with Forgotten Age where... You, you do have that too where you're picking up some supplies and stuff like that and you really don't know when so i was like picking up really uh stuff that i think you know if i was lost in the jungle what kind of supplies would i get well i'll take a blanket uh i don't know why chalk is so expensive but <laughs> chalk is another one but medicine was definitely big there because you're thinking there this is a game that's in the 1920s and the 30s and uh uh yeah, you're going to want that stuff there, too, because there's not a lot of advanced medicines and stuff like that. So, yeah, you're going to grab a couple uh, uh, medicines and blanket, and you're done. Uh, but there's a lot of other stuff in there that uh, FFG threw in there when you go through the campaign. It's like, oh, maybe I should have took the compass, or maybe I should have took the binoculars. Uh, so, yeah, this game really, really, you know, it, it just hits on all levels with me. I, I don't know why. It just does. And even then, I mean, I'm, now I'm going through there and I'm, I'm rereading all the HP Lovecraft stories, um, which are very easy and digestible to read because they're all very, very short, save for, you know, you know, uh, Call of Cthulhu itself and uh, Lurker on the Threshold, Mountains of Madness. Uh, but uh, that's what I usually do when my kids are out and actually in practice or, you know, doing sporting events. I'm reading HP Lovecraft stories just to see where they get the stuff. Um, FFG gets the stuff in there. Don't get me wrong, there is some pulpiness to it. It's not uh, all doom and gloom. So, yes, you, you are rocking out you with your investigators, you know, uh, doing all crazy Indiana Jones kind of like moves and stuff like that. So, uh, which I, I dig. I, I, I like it. And, and FFG took the ball with the, the HP Lovecraft universe and, and made it its own. So, um, yeah, I mean... I really, really dig it. I, I can't explain why. It just it just sticks out. It just sticks out for some odd reason that I keep coming back to this game over and over again. So I'm going to rock out with Rex Murphy here. Um, I'll give you a rundown of the deck that I'm running. I'll also post that in Arkham DB for deck progression just to see how it goes. Uh, as soon as I get some listeners and as soon as I get some headway, I do have some prizes to give out, but uh, I just got to get a few episodes in first uh, and get some traction and get some listeners in, and then we'll go from there. So 
I thank you guys for listening, and I hope to catch you in the second episode where I rock out with Rex Murphy in the Dunwich Legacy on easy mode. Let's see if I can actually get through them on easy. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks.